Hi everyone, this is Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Everything is Football. Don't go away. Hello everyone, welcome to another EIF podcast, where we discuss everything that you need to know that's happening in the football world. So today let's delve into some completed transfers, some transfer rumors, some interesting things that are happening around the Premier League and around the world. And the biggest news today is regarding Dimitri Payet of West Ham. And Slavin Bilic has said that Dimitri Payet does not want to play for West Ham, but that they won't sell him. And he's currently out of the team. He's not training with them until he switches his attitude, Bilic says. So, Mark, how do you see this playing out? Will Payet be forced to stay, or will he leave in this transfer window? And if so, where will he go? This this case really just confuses me because, in general, if you have a player that truly doesn't want to play for your team, who has the value of someone like Payet, um, who's coming off an absolutely fantastic season, could easily recoup 35, 40, 45 million for him. There's simply no point in coming out with this steadfast approach and belief that you're not going to sell him. Based on what? Based on what principle? This is just, it's such a, it's such a nonsense sort of logic to have if you're West Ham. Oh, you know, he's our player. We spent so much on him. We gave him a long-term contract. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to buy into his, his attitude and his, you know, desire to leave. So you don't, you don't age, no. No. I don't blame Payet at all. Payet was mate, signed a new no, contract. Mate, no. pa- no, no, let me let me Payet signed a new contract. He signed a new contract knowing that they were moving to the Olympic Stadium, a huge brand new stadium, and the board promised that they would kick on from last season. They would sign a bunch of players um a threat to the current top six. And all they did was sign in, was was bring in a bunch of free transfers, a bunch of loan deals, and their big summer signing, who was there, you know, the entire the entire summer they were looking at a number nine. They were linked to Carlos Baca, they were linked to Lacazette, and in the end, they've gotten Simone Zaza, who after six months is already back. He's gone. Valencia have just signed him on loan. Can you imagine if you're Paye, what you're feeling? Paye had the world at his feet. He could have gone absolutely anywhere. Even Real Madrid were linked with him. He had an unbelievable European championships. And you know what? He decided to be loyal and faithful to West Ham, and they rewarded him in absolutely no way whatsoever. And at the end of the day, he's 29 years old. Late 20s, I'll say. Pretty sure he's 29. And he has one more move in him to try and get the most out of his career. And he decided to stay at West Ham. And look at where that's gotten him. Look at where that's gotten him. He's still, I think for me, the best attacking midfielder in the Premier League. For for a dreadful team like West Ham this season, he still created the most chances in the Premier League. Ahead of Ozil, ahead of Kevin De Bruyne, ahead of Pogba, ahead of all of them. He still created the most chances in the league. And if I'm him, I, I completely sympathize with him. I completely sympathize with him. And if I'm West Ham, what's the point of have of keeping him on? What's the point? What are you what are, what are you benefiting from that? Besides the fact that maybe Chelsea won't have him or Arsenal won't have him or whatever it might be. But 
I'm firmly in Paye's camp over here. I think West Ham promised him a lot and delivered on nothing. So let him go. Take your $40 million, spend free transfers and loan deals, and be content being an average club if you're West Ham. Interesting, Mark. Tomas, do you have any rebuttals to what Mark is saying regarding Pyatt? I, I mean, I, I do understand the fact that the board has failed him. And, and Mark, I'd like to make a quick correction. Zazal was not the only big signing they made. You're forgetting Andre Ayew, who unfortunately had got injured in the first game this season uh, against Chelsea. But he's a, he's a decent number nine. He's definitely a step up from the dreadful Zazal. Can probably take better penalties as well. And at the end of the day, I think for me, like I said, I do see the part where they've wronged Payet. But at the same time, if West Ham just cave into this, it just makes them look so weak. As a team, you can't, you can't make, you can't just accept a request like that, and especially mid-season with your biggest player. For me, if West Ham just sell him off, for me it'd just be. Instead of, I'm not saying they shouldn't sell him over the summer. But if they sell them in January, especially with how dreadful their season has been, I mean, I don't know how – they'd really struggle without him. So selling midseason I, would just be a complete disaster and show of weakness. I just think it never works. When, look, look at any point in the past, you know, five, ten years when a player wants to leave and a player in, a, in the club forces him to stay. When has it ever worked for either party? Suarez. You look at the, the last the – last Suarez. They didn't. They, 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 Suarez did not want to go to Arsenal that badly. This was not the situation where he said, "I would never play for this club again." That is, that's an entirely the, the the last true case I can think of is Sadio Berahino, yeah. who tweeted after they refused to let him go to Tottenham, said, "You know, I'm never going to play for this club again." Blah 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 blah. And West Brom held firm; they were not going to sell him. And what's happened there? He's what's happened nothing. there? He's done. He's done nothing for West Brom, contributed nothing on the field, and they, he lost all of his value. So who, who has it benefited? What's the point of keeping an asset like Paye on your bench? It's, it, it, looks, it looks – who cares if he looks strong? What, what does that do yeah, for you? What player out there is going to say, oh, wow, look at West Ham's board really, really being strong with their player? If I, for me, that sends the complete opposite message because now – if I'm a promising player that, you know, maybe wants to make a step up in the world, but doesn't think I'm good enough for the likes of Arsenal, Chelsea, Man United, Man City, and I want to go to West Ham, I would think twice about that now because maybe I'm going to go to West Ham, have an incredible season, I'm going to want to get signed by Chelsea, Man City, and Man U, and West Ham are going to say, no, you're not allowed to leave. Sorry. But I'm, you, I'm going to think twice think, about that. And, you know, if I'm a, if, Go ahead. No, I, I was just saying, do you not think maybe it would be better to hold off until the summer? And sell off to say China for seventy million because I don't think I don't think holding on to him and selling him over the summer would really would really diminish any any sort of price tag that that China would be willing to offer for him. And I'm sure they could fetch fifty plus from a Chinese team with the way the market. Yeah, but it's, I mean, first of all, they could they could they, it depends on whether or not he truly wants to go to China. But regardless, you can sell him for that much now. What's the point of holding on to him for the for the for the rest of this? His his price tag is only going to go down if you sell him right now. After he had been playing for five months and was still one of the best players in the Premier League, you're, you're easily able to still recoup 40, 35 million, whatever it might be. If you wait till the summer and you don't play him one single minute and he's just been sitting on the bench grumpy and getting chubby, then maybe his price tag does go down. 
because you know West Ham have no leverage at that point. At, at that point, at this point, they still have a tiny, 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 tiny bit of leverage in the sense that he's actually been playing, and the fact that it's January where players d- generally go to premium anyway. So, if I'm West Ham, sell him, get rid of him. All he's going to do is create problems for you. You can get forty million for him, and you can bring in, you know, whoever you want. Bring in Depay on loan. Bring in Joe Hart if you want a new goalkeeper. Spend that money. Make your team better. It does nothing for you to have Pae sitting in your reserves, wasting away and have, and watching and watching his value diminish. We will agree to disagree. And we'll move on to the next one now. This one should be a little less controversial between you two. And I'll, I'll give you the floor first, Tomas, because, of course, you're a Chelsea fan. Nathan Ake coming back early from his loan to Bournemouth and is now back in training with Chelsea. How do you see this playing out for both the club and the player? Honestly, I'm very optimistic about it. And first of all, I always thought Ake was a good player from the little I've seen of him, but the way, the way he played for Bournemouth this season was, in my opinion, one of the best defenders in the league so far this year. Uh, of course, with that crucial goal against Liverpool, uh, back in December. But I think for me, the big thing here is, will he get playing time at Chelsea? And that's, you know, that's the big thing is why bring him back mid season if he's playing so much at Bournemouth, but then you, you see the declarations Conte made and it's, it's encouraging. It's, he's saying, you know, he sees a place for Ake in the squad. He sees Ake getting playing time. And, and the good thing of Ake is always his versatility. You can put Ake in one of the back three. You can put him as a wing back. It adds a lot more depth to the team. It helps out with the sense that Cahill right now has been playing well, but is he good enough to start? No. Zuma is coming back from his injury right now. You probably didn't expect him to be playing starting week in, week out for a while. So for me, bringing Ake back can only be a good thing as long as Conte can, can give him enough playing time. And do I think he's good enough for Chelsea right now? I absolutely do. And I think he's a better option than Gary. And I also think, just like Espili Cueta, He's an extremely, extremely versatile player, young as well, homegrown, came from the academy. That's exactly what Chelsea needs right now because other, you know, other than the old guard, or not even all of the old guard, other than a couple of the old guard, and really, you know, you know who really has flourished from the academy? No one really. You know, the, the last big hope, Josh McEachern is now, you know, in the championship. You have Ruben Loftus-Cheek disappointing. And really, and now it's Chaloba who's, who's the next big thing for Chelsea. But overall, very encouraging to see an academy player coming back and, and hopefully getting playing time. Absolutely. I'll stop you right there. I'll stop, I'll stop you right there, Tomas, because this was another player that was poached from Holland when he was 16. You guys, I absolutely despise Chelsea. That's all I can still, say. But still, still, homegrown, still homegrown for us, bro. Yeah, still homegrown technically according to FM, so that's, that's always what you want. Um, he'll be he'll be he'll be he'll he'll be nice for the for the Champions League registration. Um, I agree. I agree that I think he's definitely good enough to come back. I just hope I hope that he plays. That's 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 how it always is with Chelsea. They hate playing young players. Um, but that was more of the case under Jose Mourinho. Um, and I hope that Conte uh, Conte gives him gives him a run. I think I think this could be a little bit of a good time for him to come back just because he's coming back into the team after Chelsea have finally lost a game. 
So if he was coming back into this juggernaut Chelsea team that, you know, hatched Spurs with ease, um, had won 14 straight, then there was no way he's getting into this team. But I think the Spurs game showed that cracks maybe are emerging and maybe Chelsea just aren't as good as people have thought. Maybe things were just going perfectly, you know, a la Leicester last season. Think they, they were able to play the same 11 week in, week out. But I, I, I'm still adamant that Marcus Alonso is just very, very, very average. Um, and similarly, I think what, Gary Cahill what? is not exactly is not exactly a world class center back. So I think that Ake has a potential here to either play that left center back role or potentially play the left wing back role. Um, given that I think he's probably better than Marcus Alonso, he's more speed, he has more pace. Um, maybe he can offer you a little bit more defending against the pacier wingers of the world. So we'll see. I think it's a good time for Ake to come back. I think it's a good time for him to come back, and I'm hopeful because, you know, Holland Holland need a new defender coming through, so maybe it can be him. And, and, and on that, Mark, I'm curious. What do you think is the ideal back five for Chelsea, with, assuming everyone's healthy? I mean, I still think at this point it's the current one Marcus Alonso, Cahill David Luiz, Azpilicueta and Victor Moses just because we haven't seen Ake play at the highest level yet. That's not to say that Bournemouth are not a very good team and that's not to say that he did very very well for them but playing for Chelsea and playing for Bournemouth is an entirely different thing which of course we know Um, um, but obviously we saw Victor Moses make a huge huge step up from not playing at all to being one of Chelsea's key players. And I do think that Ake could fill a similar role. So if I, if I had to say, I'd say the ideal back five going forward is Ake slotting in for Gary Cahill potentially, just because in the back three, a lot of times you need your, um, your center backs to be a little bit more athletic because you get more exposed on the flanks. You get a little bit more, um, you have to defend, and 1v1 a little bit more often than a typical center back has to. Um, and I think in some cases we've seen Cahill struggle, and I think he did so against Spurs. We saw him, Erickson skinned him a couple times down the outside, um, whereas I think Ake would be more uh, more comfortable in those situations. So I think if Ake can prove that he has what it takes, then maybe he's a better option going forward than Gary Cahill, but I'm, I'm certainly interested to see think, how he does. I do think he's a very, very good player. Do you think, but uh, one, one note actually about Victor Moses, let's not forget he's going to the African Cup of Nations right now. So that definitely gives Aki a good chance to get in this team and give a chance to impress. And also I'm surprised, Mark, I know, I know you really dislike Kurt Zuma, but I'm surprised that you, that you'd have Ake instead of Zuma in, in the team. I mean, I just think Zuma hasn't played for a full year. Um, he just played for the first time in the FA Cup, and I think you'll admit not exactly sure-footed performance from him. Right? While, he wasn't te- while, while, he wasn't, while he wasn't terrible, you, you could definitely tell he hadn't played for a full year. Um, so I think at this point, it's clear that Ake is a better option than Zuma. And for me, it's clear that Conte thinks so also because he brought him back. If he had that much faith in Zuma... I mean, you would think that he would have just left Ake at Bournemouth for the rest of the season and been perfectly content with Zuma and John Terry as his backup center backs, but clearly that wasn't the case. Clearly he saw something um, in training or in that game that proved to him that he needed more depth at center back, Um, and so I think that's why he's brought him in. 
Yeah, and of course we we saw Chelsea surrender their their very long winning streak recently against Tottenham two 0 and teams will look at that and they'll see what Tottenham did not only to score two goals against Chelsea but also to shut them out. And I think that bringing back Ake and Wazuma coming back from injury as well, it'll provide competition for those Chelsea defenders who, you know, they they were pretty much untouchable throughout the throughout the winning streak. But now that that's over and, you know, there's been a bit of a break, a transfer window, there's definitely an opportunity for the likes of Ake and Zuma to get into the team, especially, as you said, Mark, with Victor Moses going to Africa Cup of Nations. So it'll be interesting to see. I actually do have to, actually, actually do have to correct you there. He is not going to the African Cup of Nations. Nigeria did not qualify, so good oh. for you. Oh, well, surprisingly, wait, I, surprisingly, wow. might and I Nigeria add. Surprisingly. Yeah, I was gonna say that maybe, maybe this, maybe this, uh, maybe that goes against my my initial proposal that the best teams in each confederation should just qualify immediately for the World Cup. Because if Nigeria can't even qualify for the African Cup of Nations, maybe we should be uh, content to see the likes of Burkina Faso make it over them. <laughs> well, uh, interesting. I kind of assumed Nigeria was in. Wow. Yeah, same, same here. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> we'll, we'll wrap up briefly with a couple more stories. Morgan Chardinlin, he, as expected, completed his transfer to Everton for a transfer fee of around $24 million, I believe. And it is expected mm-hmm. that Memphis Depay and perhaps Adan Yanazai will leave Manchester United as well. And to finish off, we'll finish with a bit of a weird one. Arsenal have signed left-back Cohen Bramel from Hednesford <laughs> Town, a non-league team. And around <laughs> Christmas time, he was working in a radiator factory and he got fired from the radiator factory. And the next day, he got a call, went and trained with Arsenal. And next thing he knew, he was signing a contract, playing with Alexis Sanchez, Mesut Ozil, and under the mentorship of Arsene Wenger. So, you know, to all young players out there, keep working at it. The Weird next Jamie Vardy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. We'll see. <laughs> maybe, maybe I don't know if you guys have seen. I don't know. I don't know if you guys have seen much of this guy, but this he's an odd, odd human. <laughs> yeah. If you if you if you haven't, if you if you haven't for any viewers out there, any listeners out there, go ahead and check his Twitter account and uh and just Google this guy. Just Google this kid. He has some uh he has he he's got a couple tweets out there that aren't exactly PC that are a bit a bit odd. <laughs> we'll we'll leave you to explore those on your own. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, maybe he'll score 14 goals in 14 games in a row, break Jamie Vardy's record from left back. Maybe not. We'll have to wait and see. But that's all we have time for today. Thank you very much for listening. We are EAF Soccer. You can find us on Facebook at Everything is Football and on Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud at EAF Soccer. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Get a room yourself and your shoes ain't off the shelves. You straight out of magazine. Feel things I ain't ever felt.